You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. I want to let you know that uh, two out of three men experience some form of hair loss. Hell, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing some. You know, knock, knock. Who's there? Not all of the hair. That's why Keeps can help you out. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Theo to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash T-H-E-O to get your first month free. Keeps dot com slash Theo. You know, when you run a business, time is the most precious thing. Time, T-I-M-E. Teammate, they call it in some countries. ShipStation can help. It gives e-commerce sellers like you more time to do what they really love. It automates shipping processes so you can get back to focusing on bigger things. It works with all your storefronts, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more. Sign up using promo code THEO for a free 60-day trial today at ShipStation.com and start saving time with every shipment. That's two whole months of shipping made quick and painless, and it's free to try. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Theo. I want to let you guys know that next week I'll be touring there, doing Florida. Hollywood, Florida, June 23rd. Fort Myers, June 24th. Daytona Beach, June 25th. And Lakeland, Florida, June 26th. Tickets on sale now at theovon.com slash tour. And thank you guys for your support. Today's, I mean, it's hot as hate. It's hot as heck in here. I don't know why. It is just, it's hot outside. And um, the ACs are something, you know, coils or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like somebody just damn put a bunch of heat in here. Like somebody just damn backed a damn truck of sunlight up into this bitch. Today's guest, uh, fortunately, he rolls with the punches. Because, dang, boy. Because we in here. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to have him. He has uh, hit singles in country music. He's a music man. And he has hit singles, uh, Pretty Heart and To Be Loved By You. Uh, I think if you if you like... If you like this podcast, I believe you'll like some of his tunes. Um, yeah, I'm grateful that he's here. Uh, he was just voted best new uh, male, country male. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's unbelievable. So um, he is extremely talented. He's out of Texas. Uh, 
And um, yeah, I don't know why I'm rambling, but uh, it, I, I think I, I need I, I needed him to be here today. And so I'm very grateful. Uh, enjoy the episode with Mr. Parker McCollum. sweat i know dude it's time to sweat it's sweaty in here today isn't it it is sweaty do you feel like it's sweaty in here not yet i don't really sweat a whole lot man. really yeah it's a, oh dang it's a do you think you might have uh because i guess you're from kind of a desert area is that right no not at all oh really from like the sprawling metropolis of north houston oh really yeah man i okay. mean i grew up you know out in the country but very very close to a lot of shit okay very humid very hot is it? I think I'm just immune to it. Dang, yeah, you might be, man. Built up an immunity. Um, cause you grew up out in. Uh, I know you're in t- in Texas, and is that West Texas considered? No, no, I grew up in Southeast Texas, just north of Houston. Um, and then I lived in Austin. Ten days after I graduated high school, I moved to Austin, and I was like, I'm gonna be a fucking country singer. Really? Yeah. Sorry, man. I got in late last night. That's good though. Did you have a good time? No, man, I did not. I had a. I think. Well, I mean. I don't know if I did or not. Parker McCollum, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's Absolutely. nice to get to meet you. Um, yeah, I had, I, had my, I we had to go do an intervention on a family member yesterday. So it was like, damn, you know. Have you, you know who Shane Gillis is? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen his Live in Austin stand up? Um, is that his special? Yeah, where he talks about taking his sister that was doing heroin to her intervention. They uh-uh. took her to Six Flags. I haven't seen that part. Uh-uh. It's rich. Gold, dude. Then it's that's gold. what we should have done. Yeah, because we took her. Yeah, we just wanted one flag. It was like the flag of surrender, and she did. And you know, and um, and we didn't see it. So it was just a long day, man. Yeah. You had a better day than me. You played Nissan Stadium yesterday. I did. Yeah, last Damn. night. That was good. crazy, man. Yeah, it was good, dude. It was. Uh, um, my mom was there, so like that's kind of cool, you know. When I so. She probably didn't. I probably didn't look like the most promising prospect ten years ago to play country music successfully. So I think that's probably helps her sleep a little bit at night to see it going well like that. Oh, really? Do you think that? So ten years ago, you think she didn't have probably as much confidence in you? No, I mean, I just I don't think I was. You know, if you'd look at it from like a scout evaluating a ball player, okay. you say, "All right, he's probably been like, guy. he's never going to make it." <laughs> you know, and then he makes it to the league. So. Um, did it feel like that last night coming out there, like that I'm making it to the league? I mean, that must have felt like something unique. I mean, not many people get to play a stadium, uh, no matter how well they're doing. Man, it it was cool. I was so tired and so hungry, um, that I was really excited to get done with it and go home. Yeah. But it was dope. Certainly. A lot of people. When was it the kind of the thing where I am am I on dang drugs? Yeah, man? but it's kind of shining. It looks good. The lights <laughs> are hitting. Yeah, it. It's, it's bouncing. Yeah, it's good. Come get it. Yeah, if there's anybody out there with dry skin, Old come, Spice commercial coming in. <laughs> come give me a hug, honey. I will definitely moisten you up. Um, yeah, did it feel like so? You're walking out in front of that many people. 
Uh, can you feel, does your body start to not, because I mean, I have feelings, I'll walk out in front of a few thousand and there's moments where like, I think especially the first time where it's like, okay, are my legs still moving forward? Like it's almost you disconnect a little bit from yourself. Man, it, that's, that's only happened to me one time when we played the Houston Rodeo uh, at the beginning of this year. It's like the only time that I was like gummy worm legs out there. You know, I'd had like I tried to have like a couple cocktails, take the edge off. Seventy one thousand people sold out the Houston Texans Stadium. We were headlining, and the stage is rotating. And I was the whole like sixty minute show. I'm out there, and I was just it was just like a mess, dude. Like I ate shit on stage. I've never fallen on stage. Really? I fell. It was great. Oh, dude. you were just the, yeah, dude. It was the full the full experience. And when you were saying, do you feel like as you were singing that you also like had control over what you were saying? Cause I would, I'm trying to wonder if, cause physically I could understand maybe it's like, Oh man, it's just overwhelming. Right. Dude. It's like, usually if I, if I'm nervous, like one or two songs in, you're back to, it's probably the same thing with doing stand up. Like, you know, even if you are nervous, like once you get into your jokes, you're rolling, right. You've done it a thousand times. But that was like the one night that I was like, the whole entire show, I was just like googly eyed up there. I like, could not gather myself. Wow. Yeah. So last night when I walked out there, I was just, I just, I don't know. You're kind of it just normal. You've so done good. it. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it! Isn't it kind of interesting how things that would seem like a dream start to feel kind of normal? Yeah. Well, that that like kind of messes with me with crowds, man. When we go somewhere, we only sell like three or four thousand tickets, which is a lot of people. It's a lot. It used to be like huge for us, and now when we only sell three or four thousand, I'm like, have we peaked? Is right. it over? And then the next night we'll sell ten thousand. But it's like, it's that perspective thing, man. You get it's crazy what you can get used to. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, and how, yeah, how quick it happens. Yeah, that's really what's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so you started out. I know you started out over there in Texas, man. And uh, tell me a little bit about like, do you remember like the first like song or anything you ever heard? Do you remember anything like that? Yeah, the first like song I ever fell in love with was "Amarillo by Morning" by George Strait. Oh Trey. yeah, yeah, which was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what Amarillo was, man. And I I remember. Singing I just played that. there on Saturday night. Wow. Yeah, I, I called it their national anthem on stage, yeah. and I got a real good reaction. They liked that a lot. Um. Yeah, I remember hearing. I'm trying to think of the first. Oh, I heard Bon Jovi was the first song that I ever heard. They were going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. The first time I remember hearing a song Bon Jovi, and I was with like a babysitter. I've told the story before, but I was with a babysitter, and so I think like there was also like a woman there. My oh, mom yeah. wasn't there. Was she hot? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, she was. Yeah. I feel like all babysitters are hot, hot when you're the baby they're sitting. Dude, yeah. You know? Oh, I was like, dang, yeah. I wanted her to sit <clears> close. Kendra Scott actually used to be my babysitter when really? I was a kid. Yeah, true story. Kendra Scott, my, who is it? Bring her, bring her up, Trevin. She was the. She was dating my uncle back in the day. Kendra Scott. She's like the big jewelry maker. All the girls wear all her stuff. Let's get an image of her. And that used to be her babysitter, huh? Yeah, she used to watch me when I was a little kid. And now she's like a billionaire. Oh, she is. Dang. She's done very well. And uh, do you have any recollections of the babysitting going on? No, dude, I don't remember it at all. I would not have known had my mom not told me. She's like, oh, yeah, she used to date your uncle and she used to watch you guys. Dang, and your uncle must have really. He, what happened with him? He couldn't. He couldn't hang on, huh? Dude, I think I don't know. I've never really heard the full story, but he. Uh, it's my uncle Chris, my dad's little brother, and he was just like a future Hall of Famer in the game of life. Was a he true OG? Oh, is he? And uh, it does not surprise me that he was pulling that back in the day. Wow, he's been. A, he's a real aficionado when it comes to the gals. There is no question. Dang. Yes. 
I guess I didn't get that part of that, that, that gene in the family. You didn't? No, I don't think so. Dude, I'm sure you, I mean, you kind of feel like you kind of look like, I mean, you look, look like you play, like you would play center on like, uh, on Justin Bieber's like fan, um, fantasy basketball team, I feel like. I feel like if, or if you had a fan league basketball team, you'd play center. I think you're, you, you seem like you're doing fine. I would love to play center on Justin Bieber's family basketball team. <laughs> I may have missed my calling. Um, but you're locked down. I know you recently got engaged. You or you recently got married. Yeah, yeah, I got married. Yeah. I'm like two months in. Was it uh and what does that feel like? Does it feel different being married? Does it feel No, I've been home like three nights since we got married oh, wow. on the road. So it's uh is no different at all. Dang. Other than now when I come off stage I just get on my bus and go to bed. Yeah. So that's about the only thing that's changed. Yeah. So take me out of then. So take me where you start music. You start the first song you hear or that you remember hearing is George Strait, Amarillo by Morning. That's the first mm-hmm. song you remember hearing? Yeah. The first one I can remember being like, I like that. That sounds good. Yeah. I want to I do that. Um, and I was probably like, I don't know, seven, maybe six years old, something like that. But my older brother, Tyler, he's like phenomenal songwriter. He was the one that when I was a kid, you know, I mean, he's a big brother. I just wanted to do whatever. Like he could have been fucking ice skating and I would probably be professional ice skater right now like whatever big brother was doing is what I wanted to do but he happened to play guitar and want to write songs and I was like all right I'm gonna do that so that's so do you have no doubt that that's kind of where your where your passion for it came from no question Hmm. no and I just I don't know I remember being like a little kid and and I would hear that song or any song and I would sing it and all the time but I don't think anybody ever thought that I would sing it for or be singing 20 years later. So, and at what point did it start to turn into kind of a job for you cuz or even like a like how did it evolve then into a hobby? Did somebody get man, you an I, instrument? Did you like were you like dialed in at school and music? No, I, dude, I was I'm like sweating so bad. Dude, Here's I think, it, I, think I just good, went for though. a run. I I was just I, I just went for a run. So, the lights look so good on the sweat, dude. I would just own it. I, I I'm owning it, but I just feel I think like, it's sharp, dude. I think it's kind of setting the vibe, setting like the tone. I'm fucking, like, there's no question with the time of year that we did this interview. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Dang. It's fucking summertime. The good thing is summer's almost over, though, so not a whole lot of heat left. You know, only about four months. Well, at least two months of her sitting right over here on my forehead. Yeah. That's for sure, baby. Dang, is, I feel lit up, man. It is wet, dude. I feel like the Lord is just, God, washing me with his tongue. <laughs> um, so, I'm, I'm try- dude, I am so sleeky. I can't even, like, I feel like getting my thoughts together, dog. Dude, that's good, man. I, 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 um, I, that's I, what I feel like, You're making dude. me feel better. I was debating hitting the pen before I came. Were you really? Yeah, yeah. Damn. But it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Because sometimes you hit the pen and, like, you're real funny and you're witty and, and it goes well. And then other times you hit the pen and you're, like, I mean, just as worthless as could ever be. Yeah. So I was like, man, I think I'll just, no pen. This morning, yeah, I think that's probably a good. Cho- I mean, it's yeah, I think that's that risk because you mm-hmm. can't tell exactly how much you're gonna get. Yes, you know, and this my driver. Shout out Flex always gives me these pens. He always like sneaks them. You know, when I'm getting out, I like give him a hundred dollar bill and he hands me a little. He's like the, the the pens nowadays look like they come from Target. Anything in the candy section. Yeah, and he'll hand me one, and sometimes they're. I mean, it's like you know doing crack or something i mean you hit it and you're like i don't what is weed nowadays man back when i was in high school like it was dirty and had seeds and stems you know and nowadays it's like like you may end up literally like dead 
It's so powerful. Oh, I feel, yeah. Some of the stuff, man, I remember hitting something one time, and I felt like they were just, like somebody had done construction in my head, yes. you know? Does I it felt, make you think a lot? Mm, well, that's a good word. Does like it, it make me think? I didn't want to hit it because I would come in here, and I would look you dead in the eye, and you'll be talking. Yeah. And then I, I'll, you get done talking, and I'll have to go, Theo, what did you just say? Because <laughs> I'm out there thinking about the fact that we're on a rock floating around a ball of fire in the void, you know, instead of having the conversation that I'm a part of. And so I was like, we'll just, we'll hit it after. We'll hit it on the way <laughs> there home. There go. On the way home. I feel like it gives my mind a vacation sometimes. If when I used to smoke weed, it would give my mind a vacation, but sometimes I would get too paranoid. And then one of the first times I ever got high was at this girl's house and everybody had left. We all smoked weed and everybody else left the room. And then, uh, I remember her dad, I kind of like, her dad had been like sitting there watching me be stoned. Like I was just like laying on the couch being stoned and it scared me so bad. I thought I'd been in this room for like 15 minutes by myself. I was like talking out loud and kind of like <laughs> saying positive things to myself and shit. And then I look over her. And her dad, who was one of our teachers at our school, was fucking standing there, dude. Oh, no. And man, I think at that point it made me feel so in, like, kind of introverted about when I was stoned, you know. And then I used to get, um, when I was young, me and my buddy would, uh, we ate a bunch of no dos one time. We we're supposed to go pick these girls up. No dos? Yeah, it was like caffeine pills, you know. Wow. And this is before we could get any weed, you know. This is like we're just like, what can we do at the convenience store to make we- us feel different than we do right now? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, baby. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I took, we took a pack, man, and, um, or we took, we split a pack or something, and we were supposed to pick these girls up for this date, and we parked, like, by the street, and we were so hot, we just, I don't know, we could feel our hair growing and shit, and it, and we literally we couldn't we couldn't move and get out of the vehicle, so we just looked over at these, we, we could see them on the porch waiting for us and shit, and. And we just sat. We just just sat in that car for a long time. It's it's a, Damn, it's a like it's, it's a hit or miss thing, man. Sometimes I hit it, and I'm like, you know, I've written some of the some of my biggest songs. Oh, really? I've written, yeah, some of the biggest songs I've ever written are, are right after coming off of a getting buzz, high. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. It just makes me we think weird, and then, but it's so funny. Like <clears throat> I hit that pen all the time, way too much, and every single time I take a rip of it for 20 minutes, I'm like. I need to get my life together. I'm a failure. This isn't going well. And then after 20 minutes, I'm like, damn, I want to hit that pin again. That was great. You know, but it's the, the paranoid thing you're talking about. It's like every time. Well, that's interesting, though, because then why would our brains be like, hey, I want to hit it again? Yeah. Well, it's because after the, the paranoid goes away, you're like, oh, this is great now. Remember, like, it's like Wolf of Wall Street when they take the Quaaludes. Yeah. You know, and like you have to get through the phase of like, where they're moving like snails, like, get off the fucking phone. Yeah. Like, you know that? <laughs> yeah. It's like once they get past that, it's like pure euphoria. Yeah, that's a good point, man. It's like a, a like a lesser example of that. I'm trying to think. I remember like, yeah, I, I, I if I smoked weed, like I remember if I was with a chick, I felt like it made your girlfriend feel like a new girlfriend. Yeah. I <laughs> sure. That was one thing that was great about it. Dude, if you if your girlfriend doesn't, it seems like the same old girlfriend. 
and you hit a little bit of weed, bro. Yeah. Surprise. You, I remember one point sitting there having to guess my girlfriend's name, bro. Yeah. Because I didn't know, you know? That's a lot of, lot of options, too. Yeah. It's hard to get it right. Yeah. I only got one, <laughs> you know? Dude. And you can't ask her, bro. I was looking uh -oh. around the house for clues and shit. Yeah. Reading old Valentine's. Well, you got to take them to Starbucks, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and let them order a coffee, and then they put their name on the cup, and that's the old trick. That's a great idea. If you wake up and you don't know who she is, you just take them to Starbucks. Praise God, baby. That fucking Vente for Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? That's it, dude. That's classic, man. I never tried that. That's, that's um, a great trick, man. <clears throat> we had a question come up with, uh, well, I'm just, this, this, today's just been a fucking day, bro. Uh, I'm glad to be a small part of it. Yeah. yeah, dude. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. I'm sorry you catch me on such a weird time. I, I almost... <clears throat> I was like, should I even cancel? Yes, I didn't want to cancel because I'm happy that you're here. You know, dude, I'm like the king of canceling. So had you, you canceled, I'd have been like, hell yeah, <laughs> dude, let's do it another day. I love canceling plans. I don't think there's anything. There's no better relief. You know, you know like when you have something. Yeah. You know, like last night, had you had a dinner you had to go through after everything that you went through yesterday. If you had some, you had to go to, you would have been there. The point comes like an hour before. We're like, dude, I don't want to go. Actually, stay home. Yeah, and like the greatest relief in the world is when you make up your mind that you don't give a shit and you're canceling. Oh, yeah. Like after that, then you're just like, oh, we're not going. Oh, you know. But the, it's like that when you're stressing about having to go, and you decide to cancel is it's like it's better than any drug in the world, dude. Damn, that is interesting. That is a real high canceling. No question. Because especially I if you have a good excuse, especially if you do. Yeah, I had a great one. Yeah, I was like, dude, I've been in a. Yeah, I've been in an intervention. I would say oh. that yeah, that's a gravy one. Usually, I'm like, hey, I'm tired. I right. get <laughs> you know, and you just sound like a pussy. Like it's not. Yeah, I'll ever I mean, my have soul a soul was tired. We're in there like pleading, you know, and this and it was like three hours, <clears throat> and it was um, it was good, but it just and then when you come up with an L in an intervention, you're like, damn, you want to get the squad together? Yeah. How do we regroup? Who do we send in next time? Should we have done matching outfits? Like, how do we get this right? You know. Do we need a baritone? Like, what do we need a baritone. to pull off the solid yeah. intervention? And then had yeah. you had a dinner last night and you'd been able to cancel or cancel this podcast today, you'd have been like, fuck. Yeah. I'm chilling. I got the whole day to just screw off now, which uh, are the those, those are the best days. That's my weed pen, dude. Yeah. Right there. Canceling? Canceling stuff. Yeah, dude. It's a, it's a hidden gem among yeah. people who are very busy. Bro, that's a great – you should do – like, sometimes if one of your buddies is flipping out about something you have to do, take his phone and be like, hey. I'm not coming. We're not fucking going. Yeah, we're yeah. Not going. dude. I, I I look forward to it all the time. And and then you know, like it's it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's good to be busy. Yeah, it means you got some shit going on. So people are expecting you to be somewhere. It's a good thing, right? But sometimes I'm just like, fuck, dude. I'm not going. Yeah, I don't even have an excuse. Yeah, I'm just not fucking going. Dang, I can't make it. Mm -hmm. Sorry about it. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah, it's my yeah. dad's birthday. Yeah, yeah. You it's know? my dad's birthday. Uh, I want to make that a license plate on a car. I'm like a cool Corvette. Can't make, make, it. make it my dad's birthday. So, just so you always be like, Why did, what's, what does that mean? Oh, it's my dad's birthday. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the greatest excuse. Dude, that is a great excuse, man. Wow, thanks, bro. Yeah, now I feel much more relaxed, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, cause I, and then the planes got delayed, and I'm like, how do I thought about just driving or just getting a driver? To, I was just like, what are we even doing? And I was in Baton Rouge, so it was just like, you know, it was just like it was just a lot, and it was just like family people had been crying. It was just like Jesus, you know. 
Yeah. Somebody, I thought that was going to get high because of the intervention. I'm like, yeah. damn, I'm going to need, I'm going to need to. Uh, what is the drug of choice in this intervention? I don't know. We didn't know what they were on. Oh, that yeah. makes it super. That's a way. That's a whole other yeah. ball game. That's like a guessing intervention. It was a lot. That's like, yeah, it's almost that's like, like if show. the members of the game Clue yeah. <laughs> had to have an intervention <laughs> on like Mr. Plum or something. He'd be like, I think she's doing heroin with a needle in the laboratory, you know? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think she's doing opiates yeah. with a curling iron. Yeah. Uh, in the tra- <laughs> curling Yeah, in the trap house. That's in the I trap think. house, yeah. yeah. Dude, you're saving my day-to-day, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you Absolutely, for making me man. laugh, man. Honestly. I'm glad. I, you, you, I, you, made, you have made me literally cry laughing, staring at my phone. Oh, thanks, bro. Multiple times, so I'm glad I could turn the favor. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, you really are. Yeah, you really, really are, man. Um, you know, there's only two medicines that are FDA approved to keep your head well with hair. Keep your head warm. I have a friend at night, his head gets all cold, and you see him. His wife will put a small blanket on his head because he don't have any hair. It's heartbreaking to see, and a lot of you have seen it in your families, step-families. That's why Keeps is here to help. Keeps has everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. When it comes to your hair, save more and spend less with Keeps. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash T-H-E-O to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Theo to get your first month of treatment for free. Treat your head well. Damn, quit living in sin. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Theo. You know, big wireless is causing trouble again. You've seen it. They're causing trouble. You see somebody, their phone calls get dropped and uh, they can't... Um, can't call some certain people, family members. That's why Mint Mobile decided to shake up the wireless industry with their brand new modern family plan. No matter how big or small your family is, you deserve to save on your wireless service. They'll get you done. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. That's right. Whether you're buying for one or a family, and at Mint families start at two lines. Their modern family plan lets you mix and match data plans so everyone gets the amount of data that's right for them. That's right. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, including the modern family plan, go to mintmobile.com slash Theo. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E. Dot com slash T-H-E-O. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Theo. So, yeah, I, I want to know a little bit. So, like, you kind of have been picked as the guy. Like, you get these, they get these accolades in the business side mm-hmm. of music, right? And you've had a lot of those, right? Like, this is the guy that, you know, the pick to click, little things that rhyme, you know? Like pick the, to click. Or whatever, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like the, uh... The, uh, you know, like the, uh, I don't want to say like the, I'm trying to think of a good one. Like, 
you know, the next guy to shine. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are great. Like, you know, from, uh, I don't know if it was the Country Music Awards that gave you, like, the top new male artist of the mm -hmm. year, right? The That's ACMs, yeah. Right, and congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's amazing. What I'm trying to get to is, how do you get to, like, is there then some type of formula? Is there, and, and what pressure comes with how to fulfill that? Because really, it's kind of like saying, hey, bruh, here's a bunch of pressure. Yeah, no, man, no. <clears throat> or is that what it feels like? Maybe that's my interpretation. Not at all, dude. Uh, the awards are cool. You know, like I watched the award shows as a kid. So yeah. it's cool to be on them. You know, it's just kind of like, kind of like the stadium thing last night. You know, you're like, damn, I used to sit out there. Now it's kind of the same concept, which is really cool. But man, and I don't know if it's, if it's a blessing or a curse, but I just don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, I really don't. I just want to be as successful doing this with as much integrity and respect as I possibly can trying to do it. The, I've done it the hard way, you know, like started from the very, very, very bottom in my pickup truck, got a van, got a trailer, got a nicer van, got a tour bus, then signed a record deal. Now we have like three tour buses, 18 wheeler, the whole deal. Did it the long, hard way how I wanted to do it. And so the awards are great, man. The The number one song's great. Double platinum song, awesome. But it just doesn't, like, that's not what makes me feel successful, you know? It's, uh, they're, they're like just little bonuses, I guess. Um, but there's no really pressure. I mean, you know, whether you win that award or you don't, you still got to put out another record and you still got to go on the road next weekend, you know? So it's... They're great, but um, I don't know. If you're not doing it, if you're not relevant in like 20 – I mean, you look like George Strait, dude. He's like – he just turned 70, and he's still selling out like U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah. You know, I'm 29. I just played a Send Amphitheater in Nashville. Yeah. I got a long fucking way to go, dude. So the awards are good, but very hopefully the very, very beginning of the road. And what gets you to that next – like, is there a thing? Is it more – you know, because I wonder, I, I don't know if it translates with comedy, but it's just like, is there some, I guess, is it a, a certain type of song that kind of, like, what do you feel like you have to have then to continue to keep a a trajectory then, or even a a continuation of Man, I think at? I think it's the songs. And that's what I tell all, like, you know, the, it, it's weird now that there's, like, young guys asking me stuff, because I was always the young guy asking the stuff. And now I got these younger kids asking me for advice and stuff and i'm like dude if you don't have the songs you're fucked yeah like you may have a good you may have a big single on country radio i mean if you have songs you can sell tickets and that's how you tour and have a career right so that's like the biggest thing man you gotta have you gotta have you gotta write and have the best songs like garth brooks i mean mega hits george Strait, mega hits you look at Tim McGraw, any, any genre. And that, you know, country music really probably has the most longevity of any mm -hmm. genre, it seems like. You look like rap and pop music, like you don't see a lot of 50 year olds still killing the game and pop and rap. But there's, and people get murdered all the time. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of dying. A lot you of You know, dying. it's like, yeah, it's not like every couple of weeks, uh, you know, a young Tim McGraw gets gunned down somewhere. No. You know? Dude, he probably, you've seen him? You seen Tim McGraw lately? I just the seen him in would, that show eighteen thirty two. The bullet would probably bounce off. Really, of Jack? Huh? Dude, he's nasty ripped. Really? Yeah, dude. Go Dang. look at his Instagram. He's like fifty. God, and yeah. would just piece me up. Bring him up there. Let me see that man. He is Trevin. A, he is a seriously God. Wish I was uh, 
Tim McGraw is his name. Tim McGraw, dude. Uh, OG. Also a future Hall of Famer in the game of life, probably. Oh, this guy? Yeah, I saw him in 1832. He's, um... He's there was good. a good there was a good picture just But can you just go to his Instagram, brother? He's nasty ripped though, dude. Like mm -hmm. nobody's gunning him down, you know. Yeah. I feel like they could gun me down pretty easy. Really? Especially if I if I was if I had hit the pin already. Probably easy target. Moving slow. When you if you get off stage, here he is right here, dude. Yeah. We use it on the road quite a bit too. It's called the bar complex, and I've had all into it. And it's a combination of 10 or 12 exercises for the purposes of time. And so many people out here work, we do six reps in each round. We'll do our. I mean, he's making a million dollars on stage that night. And he's out there working out at 11 a.m. Oh, wow. He's doing that. Look at that. Oh, look at that. I mean, what a G, dude. And you're going home to Faith Hill and you look like that? Come on, dude. You got to really care. I would have mirrors all over. That's good. I'd have just mirrors in my house. I'd get rid of the damn wallpaper. Yeah. Nothing but mirrors. I want to look at me, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I want to look at a little bit of extra Tim. Sit down for dinner, dear Lord. I'd like to say grace and let everybody thank you for me. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Take the A and the N out of it, baby. Me. Me. Um, there's no I and amen, but there's yeah. a me. You just pray. Yeah, yeah, there is, baby. There's a me and amen. Thank you, man. Lord, for me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, do you have a, 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 a routine when you're out there on the road? What's that like for you? Nah, man, super lame. <clears throat> yeah. Super bummer. I either wake up and play golf or I try to go to a gym and work out. Not like all Timmy over there. Um, I like to go. I, my, I like to go and put a lot of weight on either side of the bar, yeah. and sit there for like yeah. twenty minutes on my phone, and then I'll just take the weight off yeah. <laughs> um, and go back to the bus. But I play a lot of golf on the road, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, um, Nate Bargatze's a comedian uh, who plays dude, golf. He is phenomenally funny. Yeah, too. he's very funny. He's yeah. unbelievably hilarious. But um, that's kind of the cool thing about touring is I mean you're in a different city every day, right? So you can play a different golf course every day. Now some days. You're playing like these really nice country clubs that you're not even good enough to be playing at. And then the next day you'll be in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, playing yeah. like Antler Hole yeah. community golf course, and it's solid dirt. Oh, yeah, it's rocks. a halfway house. There's meetings and yeah. stuff going on. There's 12-step meetings on the uh, fairway. Yes. Do you Have you played Albuquerque? Uh, yeah, we just played there a couple weeks ago. Or maybe we were in Las Cruces or Albuquerque, something like that. Let's discuss it. There's not a lot going on Albuquerque out there. is unbelievable bro dude everybody at the gas station had a parole officer with them yeah uh -huh. with them dude yeah. it was like it's and like this... the wild wild west out there dude. <laughs> it totally is, yeah bro. like will smith and whoever was in that movie with him is gonna roll up on that little spider leg deal any minute it, yeah it's almost like if i saw a drug dealer i would be at least happy to be seeing a business person yeah yeah, yeah. a hustler yeah, yeah like oh man glad to meet somebody with an llc here yeah. you know <laughs> It is uh, <laughs> Drugs Incorporated. Bro, <clears throat> I just never been to anything like that. I didn't yeah. know what was going on, you know, and they were, t uh, and uh, I was talking about this the other day, but they're always like talking about the aliens and stuff. I was just there. about to say that. Yeah. It's like the drugs got to be good out there. Yeah. Because they're seeing UFOs <laughs> we're not seeing anywhere else. Yeah. And you don't have any video footage of them. It's like all of a sudden everybody has a camera in their pocket and we're not seeing any videos of these UFOs. Yeah. Because the aliens are the people. 
there. We may be the aliens. That's right. It's not us, bro. We're passing through. You think only the citizens of Albuquerque? We're we're coming to the zoo to visit. I like that. You know, and it's not I'm not saying it's the citizens, but it's there is there are easily aliens or you know, um bots or what i don't know what they're called drug bots i don't know what you'd call them in albuquerque but they are woven into the fabric of the the species there maybe that's how they're getting that stuff into the united states i mean there is uh it's definitely some there's fentanyl in the dna over there they're sucking people up into that ufo and they're dropping down kilos of coke and all kinds yeah. of stuff maybe that's how it rolls out there i wouldn't there's uh i wouldn't be surprised if they are um it's like a U. It's like a Greyhound station for UFOs. I think that's a great. I mean, it's. I'll tell you this. It's not somewhere. It's. It wouldn't be on the top of the list of places to retire. Yeah. 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 You know, if you, if someone told me that they were retiring and headed to Albuquerque to live out their days, I'd yeah. be like, "Are you in prison? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did you just catch a large sentence? And that's what Is you mean by federally assisted. Yeah. This is my federal retirement. Yeah, because I think. Uh, yeah, dude, it just blew my mind because we went to the gas station. There was a lot going on, you know. Mm-hmm. A guy in there is like promising the lady. He's like, hold my cell phone and let me pump as much gas. Then I'll come back and get my cell phone from you. And she's like, that's not a deal for us. She's like, I have to give your cell phone back and you get gas. But he like didn't understand the deal. And then this is all just at a gas. We're like at a pilot or a loves or something, you know. And then there's this other guy walking around like this, like with his arms like above his head, you know, like that. <laughs> and uh and he talking <laughs> and he had a parole officer with him. <laughs> and it was just like I've seen the backstroke and I've seen the front stroke, but this was just this guy was like, dog, 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 yeah. That's all he said, bro. He was like, I think he worked for Peter or something, you know. It was good alien drugs. Oh, man. dude, I'm like, this yeah. dude is definitely this guy's like they they gotta start putting uh birth control in the heroin i think that's what they gotta do they may not you may be on to something there because it's i feel like that's getting out of hand there's a lot of people nowadays yeah there's a lot going on um i haven't considered taking it really no oh did it ever i always wanted to smoke crack honestly it's an honest thing and after seeing wolf of wall street i did want to did you fucking smoke crack with me bro lions and you know that scene yeah, I never wanted to smoke crack until I saw that video. God, until yeah, I saw that movie. Man, they let man, they make it look great. Dude. God, they do. Yeah, and they're just super rich and they're dressed really nice, smoking crack. I'm like, I know for you know the long game. Yeah, that's probably not the play. Yeah, but for the immediate like 24 to 48 hours, if you had 100 million dollars in a nice suit, like let's say you had like 48 hours to live, I'm right. smoking crack. When are you going to do it, though, in the beginning or at the end of the 48 hours? Uh, maybe like the last six hours. I heard it lasts a long time. So, yeah, you know, go go like skydive and then maybe even smoke crack on the way down Ooh. before you land. It'd be yeah. so hard. You'd have to get in like a little box or something to be able to probably light it in there. Uh, dude, they have to have pens by nowadays, right? Oh, that's true, huh? Crack pen? Crack pen. Dude, I got, I was at a smoothie place in Maui. This dude's like, hey, you want to do some DMT, right? I'd never done it. Did you do it? Yeah. And? And, uh. It's incredible. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, this guy takes me back to his house with his wife and there's children running around. And they That like is not mac- ideal. Yeah, that was a bit much. I was yeah, like, are you sure this is the place to do it? That's not good. And they're like, sure, you know. <laughs> And uh, they had like this little dish of macadamia nuts, I remember. And I love those. And so I took that as like a sign. Like, I mean, you know, you know, everything probably going pretty good. 
and uh and I hit it man and it was yeah it was definitely I mean I went out there you know I was like I remember feeling like I was at like I kind of went into the speaker at like a drive through like a like a like a drive through food place like a Sonic or something yeah. like I went into the speaker and then I fucking worked at a Foot Locker I remember I remember getting it out didn't last there. very long no it lasted maybe I don't know maybe six seven minutes yeah what was your experience like man um and where were you i was in austin texas i was living on ut's west campus university of texas west campus at the time i was not enrolled in school not enrolled i was writing that first record the limestone kid i put out mm -hmm. um and uh there was actually um this kid from india who was a chemist that we had gone to high school with that was was majoring in chemistry at uh university of texas Dang. and uh he had like ordered the bark from like the Amazon rainforest or wherever that whatever chemical that they get for the DMT. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the bark <clears throat> came in. He made it like in his, and, and now looking back, I'm like, that, like our thought, my thought process that day probably should have taken a little longer. Um, but a buddy of mine was in town and he was like, hey, let's go over to this house. And then this, he's like, he's incredibly smart, this kid that we went to high school with and he's a chemistry major and he made this shit in his dorm room. And everybody took a little hit, and I crawled out on the fire escape. It was like a Monday morning at 8 a.m., and I, like, saw myself as a kid. Like, I saw little, like, five-year-old me running across our front yard in the house I grew up in. And then all of a sudden, it was back, and I felt amazing afterwards. It was, like, wow. just complete. Did you feel that way afterwards? I felt a little spooked out. For y'all that don't know what DMT is, it's the chemical in your brain that makes you dream. Like we talked about smoking crack, DMT is not crack. Yeah, no. DMT, Just for the listeners. Yeah, it's, it's like the opposite of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like can't harm you. I, I would recommend everybody one time in their life does that because it's yeah. like is very. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it gave me. It's a not like a hardcore drug. No, right. Yeah, yeah. You're probably not going to see somebody like you know. You're not going to get it in like a back alley or no. something. You know, there's not going to be a shooting over DMT. Mm -hmm. But it's a crazy. It was wild, dude. And then, and then like a few minutes and you're out of it. And I was and felt totally normal. Felt great, dude. Just like on cloud nine. Damn. Day. Yeah, I think I don't remember. I, well, I did it then later because then I got I was like, I want to <clears> do it again because <throat> yeah. I thought I could get to the next level. It was like a video game or something. Yeah. Or something. I'm like, oh, I can I want to beat that level. See, I've been different. Like all that kind of stuff, like any kind of psychedelics or anything. I just like one or two times and I'm out. Mm. I think they're my I think that like that's what those should be. Like people who like like I had buddies that would eat mushrooms like all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't think those are for that, right? You know, like <laughs> yeah. Welch's grapefruit snacks, yeah, yeah. ten fifteen packs, no problem. But mushrooms yeah. probably probably don't want to buy the box yeah. of those. You know, just a one time, two time deal. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, man. Yeah, I think everything's kind of like that, you know? But yeah, I remember that DMT, man. And then we went outside and did it, and it was like in a park, and then people were recognizing when we were leaving, and I felt like I could see kind of skeletons a little, and that wasn't good. So I don't think I want to do that again, you no. know? No, skeletons, you want it to be happy. You want it to be yeah. positive. I want to stay on the joyous side of things. Yes. Um, we had a question that came in about partying and stuff on the tour. Can we get to that? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's so out of here. Jesus, I don't know what happened. Did we at least you need to call Guinness Book of World Records and this say we just hot. we just did the hottest podcast that of all intrusive. time. It's got to be. Dude, we should go degrees. do one in the Sahara Desert and really set the record. Get Rufus DeSoul to play. Mm-hmm. Do it in Albuquerque. 
Oh, dude, nah. You could do it in Albuquerque. The fucking somebody left the oven on up in Albuquerque. Yeah. Dude, it's been on for 100,000 years crazy, out there, bro. dude. Yeah. They don't even have, like, bushes and stuff. It's so hot. Dude, they got people there. Yeah, they got a dude with two tongues, and he'll be t he'll be standing there talking to a dude with no tongues. And you're mm -hmm. like, this is insane, Do bro. you have his tongue, or? This is damn serpentry, bro. Are both of those yours? Let's play that up, buddy. Theo, Parker, huge fan of both of you guys. Absolutely insane to see you doing a podcast together. Very, very excited for it. Uh, my question is, is for Parker. I'm a, I'm a Texas guy, born and raised been a huge fan of the you know the more texas style of country music you know and uh you kind of hear a lot of tall tales a lot of speculation a lot of crazy stories about uh you and co wetzel on these tours doing crazy stuff doing just all kinds of shenanigans i'm wondering if we can get a story or two out of you some crazy shit you and co have done that'd be really really cool to hear coming from a fan uh thanks guys gang 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 baby yeah co is unbelievable dude co is like uh He's like a disco ball in a cowboy boot kind of, yeah. you know. He's really, um, he's one of a kind. I, got, I want him to come on here. I, I think he's going to at some point. A true future Hall of Famer in the game of life, that young man. Fucking he's, Spark McGuire, <clears throat> dude. He really does it. He's great, man. And, and it kind of bugs me sometimes because, you know, people overlook how good of a singer he is. Because his show, it's all about, you know, so hardcore rock and roll. such an entertaining show. And no one ever talks about how just fucking good of a singer. Like, his voice is incredible. Mm. He's such a good singer. The first time I ever met him and heard him sing, I'm like, I'm fucked. Very unique. Yeah, dude. You know? And, and uh, incredibly creative. And uh, if I was a fan, I would, I would be a huge fan. If I was just a fan, I would be a huge fan of his because uh, he, he is like, he gives those people 110% oh, yeah. of Co Wetzel. Oh, he's too. I mean, he's almost. And yeah, the sweetest guy in the world, dude. He's very, he's extreme. Yeah. He's so generous. Yes, I mean he's just East Texas boy, dude. He's that's how that's how it rolls out there, man. A lot of just very well raised. Uh, but as far as oh man, crazy stories. Um, yeah, there's one in particular that comes to mind. Uh, man, <clears throat> I hadn't thought about this in a long time. We uh, we were playing in Waco, Texas, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, this place called the backyard, and we we used to do this acoustic tour during Christmas time. Him and I, and uh, even before we had bus tour buses, like first year we did it, we were just in a van together, and uh, we do like you know six nights the week before Christmas. It's acoustic, Fun. go play bars, you know, and it's like the level of entertainment was just unbelievably uh, underwhelming because we were just so messed up every night. By the time we got on stage, it was a lot of fun, and uh, <clears throat> the first year we ever did it, we played in Waco at the backyard and. Uh, before we even went on stage, I mean, we were floored, dude. Like, I mean, I don't even remember being on stage. Yeah. And uh, uh, after the show, he wanted to go to uh, the titty bar. And I don't know if you've ever been to the titty bar in Waco, but it's smaller than this room. Mm. Uh, there's like two dancers. Mm. And uh, and I've uh, that's never been my thing. I've never been a fan of the – I never wanted to have to pay to touch. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, But Cole loves them. Loves him, dude, and uh, he may be buried in there one in one of those one day. Oh, he looks something. like he loves a titter. Yeah, he loves a good hitter, and uh, and I, I have no disrespect. I yeah. cast no judgment. I, oh I, no, look, know, if I've got to go into one to get to where I'm going, I don't mind passing through. You know, yeah. um, but we come off stage. He wanted to go there, and and uh, and so we. So I don't know who drove us. An Uber or somebody drove us. This this it's the the worst. It's like Hall of Fame 
not Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, you know, worst Hall of Fame ever titty bar. Bad titty bar. Yeah, really bad. A lot bad. of scoliosis, I know that. Yeah, and yeah. Dude, well, so <clears throat> so we go in there and we have a few shots and we don't even, uh, we don't even like, no girls dance or anything. We're in there for like 30 seconds and he orders a drink and, he, it's, and the room's very small. And he picks the drink up in a glass and just slams it against the mirror on the wall and just shatters <laughs> fucking everywhere. And I'm like, Dude, we're literally we're either going to jail or we're gonna die. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was a scary situation, and he just doesn't give a fuck, dude. Like he is just like it's his titty bar. Well, so they kick us out, and we have to go out into the parking lot. We don't have a ride. <laughs> we don't have anywhere to go. It's like one thirty in the morning in Waco, yeah. and it's like a Tuesday night. You know, the first night of that tour. <laughs> and dude, he hard. well, dude, I, I'm like I'm sitting there, I'm like fucked up on my phone, trying to like find a way to get us out of there, and. I look over and he's in the road on all fours, yeah. crawling at oncoming traffic. Damn boy! True fucking story. Damn. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna hit by a fucking car, but I'm too fucked up to do anything. Yeah. So that's like Pamplona. Yes. And so eventually he, you know, he gets up out, off of the road and and somehow or another somebody came and got us and took us back to the venue and the venue has like this apartment you stay at. We go in the fucking apartment. He starts kicking holes in the wall, and he's like, he's like screaming at me in the face to kick a hole in the wall. I don't want to kick a hole in the wall, and he's like, he's like, you're not fucking going to bed till you kick a hole in the wall. So I have to kick a hole in the wall. Oh damn, bro! And, and I get so I get real, you know, even more fucked up, and I end up laying on this little air mattress in in all of my clothes, and I wake up at like. 5 30 in the morning coast still awake and he's yanking my boots off and he's just going i'll never let you sleep in your boots b i'll never let you sleep in. and just yanking my clothes off of me Damn. and i'm like like vietnam i'm or like something. dude that was like one of the first times him and i had been on the road together and i was like this guy means business yeah, that's crazy. he's one of my best friends in the world dude i i, I love him I, I, would, I would take a bullet for him any day of the week um but, he's a hero i mean he is like beloved by yeah. people yeah dude he's what well, dude when you when you go that hard and you give that much of yourself to those people every night. Yeah, you know you're gonna get that in return. Yeah, he. I mean, he definitely. I mean, like, there's something about him where he will give. Uh, he'd give everything he had. He'd give you all the blood out of his body. One hundred percent. He's just a dude. He is a great dude. And I and everything that kind of surrounds him and his brand and his vibe and everything. I just. I don't even think people understand or appreciate just how, like, good naturally of a fucking—he can just belt. Yeah. Like, we get fucked up seeing Frank Sinatra, and he can just rip it, dude. Mm. It's really impressive. Yeah, he's got a—I mean, he yeah, he'd give you the blood right out of his body. How much blood is even in a body, I wonder? How much blood's in a body in like, there, Kevin? You pull that up? Like five or six liters, maybe? Is it liters? Damn, huh? We've gained it. I mean, I'll tell you, global warming's not affecting that shit, huh? How many liters are in a gallon? See, that's the problem. They give you all these charts. Approximately 1.2 to 1.5 gallons. Okay. So that's like, you think about a gallon of water, that's just one and a half of those? That's crazy to think that's all that's in us, huh? I would have thought that was way more. I thought like a little half a baby pool. Half of a baby pool of blood. I wonder if that's ever been a thing, if that's ever... Has there ever been a baby pool full of blood? I would hope not. Oh God, I hope not. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I get. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely we are. Here on, you come about to find out. We are on the last leg of production staff here as they Google baby pool full of blood, baby. That's awesome. Um, so how do you get to that part where you know uh, you're just learning about music? 
and then you get to the part where you get you and Co are going out and touring together. How did how, just get me through some of that timeline, man? I just put, for our listeners, I put out my first record, The Limestone Kid, mm-hmm. in 2015, mm-hmm. and um, I had a song called "Meet You in the Middle" that was that kind of blew up off of it, and uh, I had a, a Twitter message. I had like just gotten a Twitter, and it was from this guy named Co Wetzel, and he was like, "Hey, man, like your stuff." You know, let's all let's write sometime or whatever. And uh, I mentioned back, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, I'd love to. And uh, this is like 2014, 2015, something. And uh, I actually ended up meeting this guy named Jake Murphy, who's one of uh, Co and I's greatest friends, also a future Hall of Famer in the game of life. Um, one of my favorite humans on earth. And uh, he was buddies with Co, and, and he had started to roll on the road with me. He was tour managing for me at the time. And uh, he was like, man, you got to meet my buddy Co. And I'm like, dude, I think he messaged me one time on Twitter. I think he's a singer too, right? And he's like, yeah, he's really good. And um, so he, we, the first time we ever hung out, we went fishing. Uh, I think I want to say it was on like the Leon River or something in Stephenville, whatever the name of that creek or river was. And it was like us three people in the smallest John boat that has ever been made. And uh, and we were fishing, and the river had flooded. We almost just had a great time and um, started hanging out and. Um, you know, I mean, we just kind of ran around with the same people, and I I was kind of rolling a little bit all at the time. I had a little bit of steam going in Texas, and and uh, obviously when I met him, I was like, dude, he's so fucking good. I was like, people got to know, you know. So I was trying to kind of, you know, whatever I could do for them, and and they didn't need my help whatsoever. Like yeah. they were, they were raw. They were there was no question they were going to be big time. Yeah. And uh, and but me and him just became really good friends, and and uh, we were kind of the only two in our circle when we started to see a little bit of success that kind of understood you know kind of the things that were going through our minds the shit we were dealing with and stuff and so that's really kind of where i think we became really good friends was we kind of had each other to be like yo you know talk about your shit yeah yeah and um and so i mean it was i don't know probably a year or two later i was sitting in my house in austin um working on that next record and he called me and he's like hey man i wrote this song called love would you want to finish it, write the last verse, and and sing it? And I was like, yeah, do you mind if I kill her? And he's like, no, that'd be great. So I wrote the last verse of Love like right there. I think I was still on the phone with him. I was like, what do you think about this? He's like, yeah, it's great. Let's cut it. And we went and cut it, and it was a huge song for him uh, and did a lot for me, too. I got way too much credit for that song, more than I deserve, certainly. Um, that whole that he, he really deserves all the credit for that. I just killed her in the little small verse at the end. And, uh, man, it was like the second that song came out, it was like, all right. Get ready to be a rock star, because I mean, there was no question in my mind he was going to be a superstar. So, mm-hmm. I love him, dude. He's one of I, I would I'd take a bullet for him any day of the week. People love him. Yeah. I get a, to a lot of requests. A lot of people ask me about him. Just spending time with him. I got to go to the Super Bowl with him, and uh, dude, we had such a good time. Yeah. I mean, he's just so much. He's just so much fun. Yeah. And he's just so dang lovable. Yeah. You he's know, just, he's just a, like such a, a good dude, man. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I think people see him and. <clears throat> And, you know, the way he looks and the way he acts on stage and stuff, and, and they probably think that's like, you know, like he wakes up in the morning and is just like that away. But, I mean, he's really just a, a good dude, man. He's got a huge heart and, I mean, just a good person. I love his family. He comes from good people. And he's a lot of heart. I bet he has more than five liters in him. A hundred percent. Way more than a baby pool good old. I think he got – Hell, yeah. I think he's a six-liter man. I think he has a – Album cover or something in a baby pool now, and I think about it. I think he is a damn six liter man, bro. Yeah, he could. Maybe that's a new nickname for Co. Six liter man. Yeah, dude, because he's got. Yeah, you need to have him on, though, dude. I mean, he. I know. I, well, I just want to have him on just from the pure stories. Um, 
and I've also been, I mean, I just went through Texas touring. Yeah. So it kind of was like, you know, um, and I, I was, we talked about you on, uh, on uh, Jelly Roll was in here a few months ago and Love we were talking Jelly. about you. And I don't know if that part made it in the episode because there was some lighting issue, but um, we were both singing a lot of your songs and stuff. And um, and then when I was going through Texas, I was like, oh man, this is kind of the perfect time, you know? Um because I didn't know Texas was what it was, man. We went through Midland and Lubbock, yeah, and um, and that's when we went through Albuquerque, and it's, I mean, it's they got some real people out there. Yeah, it's like dude. just real. there's some people hiding out out yeah. there. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. there are some people hiding out. There's people hiding behind cactus. You'll see a lot of dudes, and they'll just be walking around like yeah. this. It's like this I green. think you've been hiding behind a cactus, bro. <laughs> dude, you West know? Texas, West Texas is its own animal, man. Yeah, if it, yeah, it just it's its own thing. I did, it's almost like being on Mars, but with ranch dressing kind of. I, I always like. say it's like Corpus Christi without the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Have yeah. you ever been to Corpus? It's what it reminds me. Yeah, of. but I, I love West. Went to school there. I grew up in East Texas, um, and so Southeast Texas, and so pine trees, like thick ass national forest stuff like that. Yeah. And so West Texas has always kind of been like you said, like Mars to me. Like there's no trees. Yeah. There's no bushes. Yeah. Not a lot of grass. And then people come out to the show. It's like, where'd they all come I know, from? dude. And, dude, we'll sell 8,000 tickets there. And I'm like, what are these people doing? Yeah. But it's great, man. I, I love West Texas. Midland, Odessa, Lubbock. Uh, we've played in El Paso. Uh, we just played in Amarillo this past weekend. Um, That's so cool, man. So I love it out there. But Yeah. It's amazing how big it is. It's amazing <clears throat> how many people are out there. But, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. I just couldn't believe it. Like, we'd pull up at a venue, and we'd look around in the parking lot, and you couldn't see anything. Forever, yeah. You're like, where, how, where are they? Where's people going to come from? Mm -hmm. You know, but then people. It's like you're going to see like a Mars rover pull up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like yeah. ten thousand people get out. I know. Yeah, like an express from it's, Albuquerque. It's, it's like the the last like that into all the way out to California. There's just not a lot going on. You know, mm -hmm. there's like Vegas plopped in the middle out there. It's like the oasis, but I mean, it's just like a whole stretch. It's just like still like the Wild West, man. There's just no town. Like if you want to, like if you're wanted. Yeah. By the law, and you love hardcore drugs. Yeah. You have like a thousand mile stretch right there where no one's going to find you and you can get great drugs. Yeah. So that's true, man. You're right there. You're really on the front porch of great drugs coming up yeah. through Mexico and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, look, I've been burnt out for a while. I've had a lot of burnout. I mean, just exhausted. You know, my body's sweating, stomach growing, hair falling out, teeth feeling uh, gentle. A lot of burnout. I've been working too much, not taking enough time for myself. Well, life's overwhelming and many people can be burned out without knowing it. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. If you want to do it virtual or unvirtual, on the phone, on the text, you can text, hey, I need help, they'll say, I'll help you. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash T-H-E-O. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Theo. If you think you need help, you do. Yeah, or you might. So investigate it. You know, I've had this issue. I was subscribed to some company. I think it was Umbrellas Unanimous or something. Some small group. Um, you know, I got on there to get my sister an umbrella. She was getting wet. 
And they said, well, dang, welcome to Umbrellas Unanimous. I didn't see on a little box at checkout it said, if you want to get um, unlimited umbrellas. Um, and they even said um limited. Play on words for them. And so I did it. Next thing you know, she's getting umbrellas every month. Goddamn, so many umbrellas. Just unbelievable. You know, she, I, I, you know, can't even get a glass of water down her these days. I'm telling you, Truebill will help you. It's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. Truebill, they do it. That's right, because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. They trick you. They don't care about you. They are companies. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you don't have to, so you can have help. You need somebody to call or do it for you, they'll help. They have over 2 million users and have helped save those users over $100 million. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash T-H-E-O. Go right now, Truebill.com slash Theo. It could save you thousands a year. What about, uh, sometimes you used to sing about drugs and some of your music and stuff. Have you had any troubles with it? Or ever any point where you wanted to kind of rein yourself back in? Or Yeah, man, I, I got, um, I, I do not go near as hard as I used to now. I kind of, I, I had to, I kind of had like a, um, just a point where I, it was really through COVID. Like I hadn't, I hadn't been off the road like that since I was 22. Wow. When I started going on the road. And uh, I mean, sitting around with money in the bank and nothing to do, you know, living yeah. in downtown Austin, there's plenty you can get yourself into at the time. And uh, I just went a little too far and I had a couple nights where I was like, you know, is this it kind of thing, you Ooh, know? And but well, you know, next day I was like, I, I got, I got, I got to get out. And, and I'd been dating Hallie Ray for a while, and I was like, you know, it's uh, I'm uh, if I want to see thirty, thirty five, forty, you know, it's probably. I just had, I had to get out, dude. I started, you know, it all started partying and and all the fun and games on the road, and then, um, you know, when you when you take that stuff back home with you and you're by yourself, still doing those same things. That's when I was like, I think, and I had so much to lose, man. Like I, my, my career started to really go well. You know, I'd had pretty heart went number one in platinum and I had a major record deal and all this stuff. And, and I was just going down the wrong road and nobody knew, like I didn't go to rehab. I didn't go tell anybody and tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody. I told my brother a little bit. Um, but I just kind of was like, dude, you're a grown fucking man, you know, and you got a lot to lose and you got a lot on the line. Um, and it's going to be a whole different ride and probably a lot shorter ride if you keep on the road you're on. So I just fucking woke up one day and I was like, I'm done, dude. Wow. I'm out. Good for you, man. That's yeah. powerful. Thank you. That's powerful to have that ability to have the, that wherewithal and then, but also to have that ability. I think that's where some people lack that to say yeah. this is it. Dude, you can get used to anything. That was really the way I looked at it. I was like, dude, you can – you can it's you can get used to something so quickly. Yeah, you know you think about like oh, I'm yeah, sure you've been talking on about it earlier. You've been on a private jet. Yeah, how easy is that to get used to? I just applied that same mentality to the shit that I was doing that I wasn't supposed to be doing, and I was like, I can get used to living without this. Yeah, and it took a little while, um, but I was like, I, I just I had to get out, dude. I didn't want to. 
I didn't want to live. I, I like, I love being on the road and waking up in the morning and feeling good. Yeah. Like I, I look forward to the show. I look forward to writing a record and going to work and, and trying hard. That was like something I didn't think was cool for a long time. <laughs> now I'm like, dude, trying hard's dope as fuck. Like trying hard's a great thing that I wish I would have realized a long time ago i used yeah. to think trying hard was like for losers yeah <laughs> you know like look at this guy fucking putting effort in what a ding dong you know bro that's so captivating because yeah when you're like if you're kind of going through school and stuff when you're in high school and if like there's some dude trying real hard yeah. you're like this dude is a nerd yeah it's what like a loser a, yes yeah but then you kind of get around in your own your life. You're like, oh man, if I took what I nat some of the natural blessings that I've had yeah. and applied some hard work to them, yeah, damn, baby, it could be lights out. Man, I, I was living in that condo in downtown Austin, <sighs> drywall dog. I'd be hanging drywall in my lungs. And there's son. a bar on top of that building that's residents only. <laughs> that's open from like four to two a.m. every night. Good God, looking over the city. It's a super dope place to live. I'd never lived in the city before. I'd always lived, you know, on land or out, out in the country, or whatever, and um, like inside the city, like that. I'd never lived there, and uh, and I wanted to do it, and yeah. so it was a lot of fun. It yeah. really was. I had a lot of good times, um, but it just uh, and and I think anything, any good advice I give to a young dude, I'm like, set your time. Pick your age. Like, you're going to go as hard as you can fucking go. You're going to party until 28 or 35 or 25, whatever it is. And then that's your heart out. And after that, it's time to try hard. Gang. So. That's good advice, man. We had a question coming here about a suggestion right here from a young fella. Let's get to it real quick here. What up, Theo? What up, Parker? This question's for Parker. So, Parker, I'm getting ready to move to Nashville as a songwriter. And I was wondering, what advice would you have for making those industry connections and getting in better rooms and just what advice would you give somebody getting ready to move to Nashville to try and do it? Appreciate y'all. Gang, Theo. Gang, baby. Man, I don't know. I know um, it's kind of a general question, but he seems sincere about it. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's uh, it kind of goes back to the trying hard thing, man. I mean, you, can, you don't have to live here. You really don't. George Strait's the king of country music. He's never lived in Nashville, never moved here. Uh, I moved here because I had to get out of what I was just talking about in Austin. Like I had to go somewhere, I had to get out, and and that was my like the only option for me at the time. And I can't wait to move back and buy a ranch uh, and move back to Texas. But man, some of the people are here. There's a lot of people trying to do it. Uh, but if you don't know what you're trying to say, and you don't know who you're trying to be or who you want to be, then it's going to take a long time to figure it out in this town. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to know. Like when I when I started coming here, Randy Rogers from the Randy Rogers band was managing me at the time. He's the one who told me to come here. He's like, dude, I think you could be a superstar, but you got to go to this town and do it. I didn't want to I didn't want to come here. And even when I started coming here, I would call him and I'd be like, dude, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want to come back. And he's like, you need to like, just trust me. And it was the greatest decision I ever made. Shout out Randy Rogers. Um, and, uh, and so... To that young man right there, dude, I would just say, know what you're coming here to do before, you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. kind of, what what do you really want to be? Do you just want to be a songwriter? Then you need to have some songs that are absolutely as stout as a song can be, as well written as they can be. So that when you come here, you have a little something to to bargain, you know? You have a little something to negotiate with. It's kind of like when I signed my record deal, I was already selling a bunch of tickets all over. Right. So I had all the... The ball was kind of in my court on the record deal. I didn't have to sign one. I wanted to sign one. Right. So same thing as a songwriter. If you're coming here trying to get a publishing deal, have a little something 
to publish going already you know yeah. and be like hey i've i've got these songs you know have a little something in in you know you don't just want to come in empty-handed and you get signed into a bad deal because you don't know any better and you don't have anything to offer mm. um so that's a great point man yeah and i think knowing what you have planned i noticed at the comedy store in uh, los angeles that's like a popular comedy spot right yeah. there and uh and there'll be people that go there they make a, the mecca out from wherever you yeah. know, to different cities or wherever town they're from. They get the, you know, and I'm going to live here. And then some of them choose to just be somebody that sits on the porch and drinks there yeah. every 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 other night, you know. It's yeah. like, okay, that's fine. It's definitely a way to be, you know. Yeah. But it's like, are there you really living out what your goal was, you know. Some people, they, yeah, they just, they'll move to L.A. and they'll get invited to all these parties and stuff. But then they're just up in the hills doing coke every night. And it's yeah. like, you know, five years go by. It's like, okay, well, what were some of your goals and aspirations? Did you really have any? Yeah. That's a, you know, I wish I'd have set some of those lines in my own life at certain points. Like, Same, dude. <clears throat> well, dude, I just real, I realized like as organically as you can watch it unfold, mm. like the people around me, I was like, man, nobody's like, nobody, everybody's coming over to my house to party, but nobody's trying to make any money. Nobody's trying to build a career. Nobody's trying to hustle. And it just took me like going to the bottom of that hole to be like, the fuck dude trying hard and taking care of your business and acting like a grown man that's cool shit yeah like that's yeah. not for losers right it's really fucking cool yeah and i just it took me a little longer to realize it than i wish and dude do you think about it? some people never get there some people never realize that some people realize it when they're 60 some people are born like that i guess like my sister she was born like that she's just hustling out the womb yeah um Oh yeah, some little babies come out with a watch. Yeah, you know? dude, I like they're they're just destined to hustle and everything's success. Yeah. Um, you'll see a baby some of them cut their own umbilical cord. Absolutely, dude. dude. Like damn. I uh, um, I think my sister may probably Michael was probably one of those people. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I wish I would have realized that younger. But you're not you're not old. No, you know you still got a lot of time. Yeah, and your music is kind of like um. You still make music that almost feel. It, it's funny because your music makes me feel. Your music makes me feel. I feel young when I listen to your music. That's dope. You know, uh, so I feel. I, I don't feel like it has, because it only can have. I feel like music can really only have as much history as you have. Mm -hmm. If somebody's really to believe it, from yeah, a, from you're right. A, what you know, right? Yeah. And this look, I don't know anything about music. I'm just a person with two ears, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, your music makes me feel like I don't know. I sing along to it, you know. I feel like, man, my shit just—it's not, you know, like uh, nowadays in country music, there's so much pop influence. Yeah, like a ton. It's like basically rap in a way, pop music, and uh, and like like Wallen is like that's the the greatest pop country I've ever heard in my life, dude. Yeah, like he it is the songs, the production, his voice is so fucking good, dude. But I like that's just not like I, I love that I have that to listen to. I love that that's what he's doing. But like I'm so boring, dude. I just like writing sad country love songs about everything going terribly wrong. Yeah. And yeah, dude. And, that's what this whole podcast is about half the time. So, yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I, I just that's like what I love, and I'm and I'm like, it's kind of hard to, you know, it's like so so much of the of the genre of country music, especially in Nashville, is, is so pop influenced, and mine's just mine's not. And so it's like, I, I really struggle all the time. When I write songs, I'm like, who the fuck is going to listen to this shit? You know, right. it's not making you bob your head. It's not making you want to dance or drink beer. Like, it's making you want to go fucking text old gal that you swore you would never talk to again. 
kind of thing. But that's a big feeling sitting yeah, in dude, the that's, chest Yeah, dude, that's my favorite song, dude. It's my favorite know, favorite kind of song. So You know, lamenting, thinking about things, looking back, you know. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about it here is what it is. For such a guy, for a guy at your age to have a, some of that perspective, you don't get a lot of that sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's what I, I think is really enjoyable about it because it makes me feel kind of young and old at the same time. That's dope. Um, because there's some perspective in it, you know, it's a lot of looking back. It's a lot of like, uh, like you're driving away from something. I feel like a lot of times, yeah. you know, like a lot of leaving. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, le- of leaving. like this is the record I'm writing right now. Like every song is about going somewhere and leaving. And yeah. I'm like, who the fuck wants to listen to this shit? You know, hopefully a lot of people, but Theo Vaughn, baby. I'll listen, baby. Dude, I thought your name for, I listened to you for a long time before I realized that your name was Theo Vaughn. I thought it was the O Vaughn. Yeah. Did you ever get that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not the only one. <laughs> That's insane, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I would always be like, dude, you guys know this guy, the Ovon? Yeah. I'd be like, the fuck you talking about? Okay, yeah. From like, Albuquerque? It's two, it's two names, bro. Yeah. <laughs> from Albuquerque. Yeah. That old Albuquerque turkey, dude. Uh, let's get into one more question that came from a uh, from a uh, fan for you. So I just want to make sure so that we got, so you started out music, you started out in Texas. Yeah. You, and where'd you get your first instrument? Where'd you get into music? Uh, I just want our listeners to know everything about you because some of my listeners yeah. may not know of you. No, ninety nine percent of them don't, um, and they're probably going to be like, who's "They're going to love you though." Who's the dipshit wearing no, the gold dude. chains? Um, you saved the day today. Thank you. You did. I appreciate that. That's my first time ever. Must be known. Well, um, blue ribbon for that, man. Dude, my I played like or- like everybody in like fifth and sixth grade was wanting to be in the band, yeah. and I was like, "Fuck that, dude! No one's doing orchestra. I'm gonna do orchestra." So I just started playing the violin, and then can you still play that? Fuck no. And then. Um, my mom bought me a guitar um, just because she had got my brother wanted one for Christmas and she didn't want me to be all upset that I didn't get one. Right. So she bought me one and and my brother would never fucking teach me anything. Like he would never, he'd like I'd be like, yo, we teach you how to play that? And he'd be like, dude, get the fuck out of my room. And uh, and so I really just had to like, uh, you know, I'd like learned on like the internet once the internet very first, like there was a thing called cowboy lyrics mm. on the internet back yeah, in the bro. day. And you could look up like chords, how to play. Yes. And I would learn how to play Chris Knight songs. And uh, that's when I was in like seventh grade, and I wrote this song called "One Man Mariachi Band," and uh, it was about like going to Mexico and running away and starting a one man mariachi band. And uh, so that, and then in my 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 mom was like, "Hey, that's pretty good." So I like, kept doing it, you know. And then I wrote a song in my freshman year of high school called "Permanent Headphones." It's not on the internet or anything anymore. I think you can find it on SoundCloud. And uh, my brother was like, "Dude," like he he came up from college and and I played that song for him, "Permanent Headphones," and he was like. He's like, dude, you're going to be the next George Strait. And I was like, damn, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, too. dude. I was like, Shh, like, ease up on that, dude. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it, it was him saying shit like that and stealing that confidence in me that I actually might be good at it. Um, and so I just, I fell in love with it, dude. I was like, I mean, I, you know, all my buddies when I was in junior high and high school listened to, like at the time, it was like Chamillionaire and. Um, like Chingy. Flo Rida and yeah. all these rappers that were big in like the mid 2000s yeah. and I was listening to Chris Knight and Adam Carroll and Slade Cleaves and James McMurtry and Robert O'Keen and Randy Rogers and Pat Green and Cross Jenny Ragweed and um, I mean just all these great songwriters I was like obsessed with it and uh, Todd Snyder I was just uh, and completely obsessed with it um, and I had no friends that listened to that so it was kind of like and then once I got into high school and I was like I was a real average athlete like I wasn't going to play college ball, Damn. clearly. That and I was like, your heart, huh? no, not at all, dude. And I was like, because uh, I, I would like realize when I was like a sophomore in high school, I was like, I was like, I'm not faster than anybody, but I can play guitar and sing better than every one of those son of a bitches. And so 
my junior year of high school, I was walking out of the workout and I told my head coach, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit football and go play guitar. And he's like, that's the biggest mistake of your life. Damn. I know. But also, if he's a Texas football coach, he has to say that. Yeah. It's yeah. the only line he yeah, has. Like, if I you know. pull the string on his back. Like, have you seen Dazed and Confused? Yeah. And, you know, Pink, and he, he doesn't want to sign the contract. He doesn't want to play on the team. He's a quarterback. He's real lazy. Okay. I was like, and that's like my, one of my favorite movies of all time. And I was just dead set on being that guy. Man. And all my buddies were like, dude, you're such an idiot for quitting football. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah. Like that. And now. What are you doing? And You'll now never get a every, wife. Now every one of them's like, damn, dude, I saw you on television. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Y'all see about the limestone? Yeah, kid? let's what go. You, you see to? me on Theo Vaughn? Motherfucker. Yeah, no, gang, baby. Shout um, out my buddy Jeff Bean if he's watching this, man. He was super stoked I was coming on here today. He's a big fan. Was so, he? Yeah. Well, thanks, Jeff, bro. Praise God, bro. Praise uh, God. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else to talk about, man. I think we got a, I think we got a good dose of uh, of you, man. I don't want to keep us I'm in here. I'm super underwhelming, dude. It's I always apologize up. when people come up and ask for pictures and stuff. I'm like, I wish I was cooler to meet. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm super underwhelming. Being met is underwhelming, though. Yeah. Being met, I feel like. It's like you can't. Get met. Yeah, you can't, like, compete with what you're capable of or whatever your skill is. Yeah. It's like, as a human, you falter to feel like, you know. People will be like, yesterday, a dude came up to me in the airport, bro. I was like, there was plane delays and blah, 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 blah. And like, the dude's like, are you Theo Von Braun? And I was like, not today, I'm not. Yeah. Bro. I said, fucking not today. Yeah. Dude, the, the airport, the airport can be the worst. Because usually, like, if you're on your way, it's like a Thursday, you're flying somewhere to start the weekend. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, let's take some pictures. Like, good to see y'all too. But yeah. if it's on Sunday yeah. and you're like a connecting flight home, you know, and you just feel so shitty, you're so hungover, and you got people mobbing you in the airport, it's like, fuck this oh, dude, you know but uh, you always, i'm always trying to be as sweet as i can be oh totally be patient with them take the pictures but i'm just always like dude i'm sorry i wish i was like i just write sad country songs yeah there's nothing very impressive about it yeah i'm just I the apologize. kleenex baby i'm this i'm basically this musical kleenex baby. Yes. you know um parker thanks so much man honestly bro you really made my day man i mean I, you, I just uh, and i hate to you know, make it about me. It was just a fuck. It, it was just hectic yesterday. And I was like, how do I do? Because I was like, how do I get my feelings and my mental back to a regular level where yeah. I can just have a conversation? Well, that's heavy shit, dude. Yesterday sounds like it was some heavy shit. So <sighs> it was just, a, yeah, it was. I've been man. through that with a, with someone in, in my family back home. And uh, it's still, it's he's still going through it. He's yeah. still battling that every single day. And uh, and so, I I mean, I, I get it, dude, 100%. I've been down that road with him. <laughs> Well, thanks, man. Thanks for being understanding. And no sweat, for, dude. Yeah, thanks for carrying the show today, bro. You I'm really just, did. I'm just glad to be here, dude. I've, I've, I'm a big fan. I've watched it a lot. I still think the Ray Charles reverse ghost joke uh, yeah, is one of the greatest <laughs> jokes I've ever heard. I tell it all the time, and thanks, uh, I heard that, and I was like, I want to go on that show. Oh, dude. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, I didn't know what it was going to be like, man. You really saved the day today. So Thank you, dude. Yeah, thanks for coming through. Uh, Parker McCollum, guys, if you guys haven't heard him, check out his music, man. If, you like, if, if you're listening to this podcast, then a lot of his music is going to fit right uh, it's gonna fit right inside of your heart, man. All one point three to five liters, baby. All all three liters, baby. Yeah. The baby pool. Yeah, gang, baby. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.